Hey, this is Scotty Vermillion. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Daniel Boone podcast today. We would like to invite you to worship with us at Daniel Boone Baptist Church in Gate City, Virginia on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Or you can join us on Facebook for live sermons and daily interactions that will keep you in touch with God and in step with His kingdom. Good morning again. So I didn't want to do this, um, like I said earlier. And uh, when Scotty first asked if I would do it, my initial reaction was no. Um, and it was a pretty solid no. And, um, he thought that it might be good for me to share my testimony, which is not what this is today, by the way. Um, but it's going to have some lessons that I've learned um, that will speak to my testimony. And those are the ones that have, God has put on my heart to share today. Um, but after I, I told him no, you know, the more I thought about it, I, I felt, I felt a bit bad for telling my friend no, um, I can't cover for you. So when I started to entertain the thought of it, um, those thoughts like, uh, you know, man, you've been divorced twice. You have no business in a pulpit or, you know, some of these people know things that you've done. You can't possibly get in front of everybody and, and do this. Um, and then I remembered, you know, who Jesus used uh, to announce that he's the Messiah of the world, too. And um, in a place that he wasn't really supposed to be, you know, geographically, Jews really shouldn't have been in Samaria. Uh, and in a place where women were drawing water. So in not just in a he's here he is alone with a woman. He probably shouldn't be around in a place that he shouldn't be. And then you find out that she had been married five times. Um, he, he tells her in John chapter 4, verse 16, to go call your husband. And she said, I don't have one. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five. And the one you have, or the one you, who you have now is not your husband. That's true. But that's who Jesus chose to announce who he was to the world. So then I was talking to my stepmom and I was like, I can't do this. You know, I don't feel right being up there after being divorced twice, you know, and it was more of a question of agreement. Like I'm asking for a degree and she's like, yeah, I do know. And then I realized why she knows. Um, she and I didn't always really get along. Um, but in almost everything and in every conversation, she included God or God's will or how God works. And in those conversations, they stuck with me later in life um, as I got older. It didn't really hit me a lot at the time. Um, but I got older and I found myself in situations that I really had no business being in um, or situations that weren't really favorable. And those lessons would keep coming up. And so now, um, I find myself in a situation where I have influence over a 15-year-old, um, which is also about the same time that, you know, my, my stepmother came into my life. And let me just tell you, things are coming full circle. Um, no, really, he, really he's, a, he's a really great young man with a great heart. And um, I'm really honored to get to spend some time with him. Uh, when he decides to come out of his room for three and a half seconds to 
grab something to eat or ask if he can go somewhere. Um, but no, uh, because of that, I, you know, I have a responsibility to, I have a responsibility to him and I have a responsibility to his mother, both. And what I'm learning is that this stuff is really hard. Um, how do you teach something that you don't, you don't really even know how you're having a hard time navigating yourself or how, you know, how do you lead in those situations? Um, how do you lead something you don't always understand? Um, how, how do you lead when you're barely in the race yourself sometimes? You know, it's, it's a difficult thing. Uh, but I do have that responsibility to them both. And I, and I do have to lead. So that's what I, I wanted to talk about today. Um, was leadership, what does that look like? Uh, how do you do it? Or more importantly, you know, what does God's Word say about it? Um, because I can have my own ideas about leadership, and that doesn't really mean anything in the in the long run, right? Uh, I, if I'm going to lead, I want to lead from a position that, that God says I should lead because I get to trust Him for the outcomes, right? If I lean on what I do and how I think things ought to be, then I'm responsible for, for the outcome of that. But if I lean on to God and I and I operate within the principles that He says I should operate in, then He's responsible for the outcome for that. And sometimes you get in situations where you're like, God, I'm trusting you with this and and I, it, this doesn't feel right. This feels foreign to me. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. Um, and But you still don't see the outcome that you want. That outcome that you want is not always what you get, but if it's something different than what you thought it should be, it's always better. It's always better. So, how do we, how does God's Word say to lead? So I think, the first thing that we have to do is to be prepared. Okay? Um, no one's, nobody's going to prepare you. You know, you have to prepare yourself. As a leader, nobody's going to feed you. Okay? In fact, as a leader, you're probably going to be feeding and serving other people. Right? And that makes a lot of sense to me because if we're called to be like Christ, then we are called to serve and not be served. Right? So we should be feeding others uh, but you also need to make sure that what you're preparing is palatable like it you know it it should taste pretty good you know um, Matthew 5:13 says that we are called to be the salt of the earth and that means to be flavorful okay now the world has a real good way of making us salty don't it you know not not in the good way that we're called to be but almost bitter right um, it's like a big pot of beans that's got too much salt in it. Like you can't do nothing with that. You got to throw that out. You know, it's it's no good. It's no good. Um, Paul says in Ephesians uh, six ten through eleven that we should be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And in chapter six verse eleven, it says that we are to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, y'all know we do have an enemy, right? And that, and that enemy is, is constantly lurking, looking for somebody to devour. And I think sometimes we do, we make it awful easy on him to be devoured with, with our thoughts, our actions, um, the way we treat each other. It makes, we make it a little bit easy on the devil sometimes. I know I do. They can tell you I do. Like, I, 
I can't I can't always keep my my feelings and my anger and my frustrations in check. And it comes out, and it don't sound anything like Jesus Christ would sound. It don't. Um, and we'll get back to that. Uh, you, you, you've got you to own up to that. That's an important part of it. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. But when we talk about being prepared and putting on the armor of God and being cognizant of an enemy that is, you know, looking at, uh, to devour us, and like I said, we don't we make it pretty easy because we don't start our day off with God always. You know, we're rushing to check Facebook or the gram or Snapchat, or we rush into work mode and start answering emails and checking emails before we even showered or brushed our teeth. You know, um, or maybe we turn on the news and, and get the newspaper uh, with our coffee, and and the next thing you know, an hour or two has gone by, and we've not even acknowledged our Creator. The one who gave us another day, another breath, another opportunity. Um, and I can't, I can't tell you that I'm always good at that either. But I do try. And what I can tell you is that on the days that I wake up and I put God first, those days are better. They're not always easier. I'm not going to tell you that they're easier. They're not. But they are better. Um, you know, when I do those things, I have... I have peace in situations that would normally drive me crazy. Um, I give grace when I would normally give lip service. I, I even sometimes drive slower. Sometimes. So I do think we need to be prepared. We need to prepare ourselves. But uh, the next thing I think we should do is to seek direction from God. Okay? Um, Proverbs 16... 1 through 3 says, The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All of the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Now what that says to me is, I can justify my ways or my thoughts or my actions, and I'll always be right. I'll always think I'm right. Rather, I won't always be right, but I'll always think that I am. Um, but once, you, once you've been born again and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, God corrects those thoughts in us that we, we, that we know that really shouldn't, shouldn't be there. God has a, a gentle way of using the Holy Spirit to correct us. Um, we have to seek His guidance and direction. Uh, and like Scripture says, we have to commit our works to the Lord and He will establish our thoughts. Um, I know that when a, a thought comes through my head, you know, if it's mine or if it's not, you know, um, and I'm, I'm gonna stop right there and say this for a second, you know, cause this is a really, really hard one. If you are spiritually young, this is not easy at all, at all. I've spent a lot of time wondering about a thought. Was that me? Was that God? Was that the devil? Uh, in, in the beginning of my early spiritual walk, that's not an easy thing to do. It takes time to learn to discern the voice of God because, You've got to spend time with him. If you're not spending time with him, you're not going to hear him. Um, and I, I, I won't sit here and tell you that you can always tell, but I think we, we can have a good litmus test um, or a way to kind of check was that. And you can ask yourself a few questions. If you're, if you're questioning where did that come from, first thing you can ask is, does this line up with God's word? If it lines up with God's word, 
it's you should probably proceed to the next step of figuring out was that God or not. But even the devil used scripture when he tried to tempt Jesus. It, the devil knows scripture better than me or you combined, all of us together. He knows it and he uses it. So you you, you have to be cautious with that, okay? Um, but if you're asking yourself a question, you know, do, are you trying to make a decision? Is this going to produce fruit for God's kingdom, okay, or fruit in your life? Um, does it come with peace? And even if it doesn't come with peace, can I make this decision or act on this thought and still have peace about it? You know, sometimes as leaders, and, and let me just go ahead and say, like, everybody here is a leader in some form or fashion. You might not even know it. You're leading friends. You're leading brothers and sisters. You're leading parents. You're leading children. You're leading friends, coworkers. Everybody here is in a position of leadership, whether you know it or not. Okay? Um, but when, as a leader, sometimes you have to make decisions that don't feel very good because you know somebody else is going to be on the other end of that decision and they're not going to like that decision or they're not going to appreciate that or that doesn't sit well with them and those kinds of things. Um, but if we're talking about sometimes making the right decision is a hard thing. And as a leader, uh, we have to be able to try to do that. Okay, um, But you can have those, those thoughts as like, if this is good for me or is this good for my family or is this good for my coworkers? Um, and, and we should hang on to those thoughts that we or keep those that we know that are uh, from God and we should keep those thoughts close to our hearts. Okay? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And have you ever noticed that it's a lot easier to seek God's direction with a clear heart or good things on your mind, good, you know, being in a good place with your mind and your heart and your spirit? It's a whole lot easier to approach, approach God. And so that brings us to the next thing that, that is really essential to being a leader is you have to commit to a prayer life. Um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't really seek direction from God if you're not willing to talk with Him. You know, that's how we communicate with God is through prayer. Right before um, Paul addresses the church in Philippi in that same chapter, um, he says... In verse 6, he says that we should be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And this is what I'm talking about when I say like things that would normally drive me crazy. Um, sometimes I think, you know, we read this and it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything you feel is important by prayer and supplication with a little reservation, let your request be known to God and the peace of God, which would make sense, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Maybe that's not what we read, but that's what we, that's how it ends up in our minds. Um, but does God want, want to walk with us through the big stuff? Absolutely. Does God want to walk with us through the little things? 
Absolutely. You know, they sang a song last week um, that said, if it matters to me, it matters to the maker. And God doesn't just want to hear from you when you think you need him. Okay? He wants those small little things that you don't even think are important to bring to him. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you got to go to God about you know, what you're going to wear to work. But that might not be realistic to you, but for some people, they probably should be asking, is this okay before they walk out the door? Uh, but, you know, God, God wants the big, the big stuff and the small stuff. And I'm going to give you two quick examples um, that kind of speak a little bit to, to my testimony. So when Elena decided to move here, um, she looked at several houses. But there was one she really wanted to see, and we showed up for the appointment, and Communication had gotten crossed up between the realtors. Um, there was no appointment. There was no showing scheduled. They said they might be able to work one in later, you know, um, at, a, at a moment's notice, but all offers had to be in that day by 6 p.m. Um, the first showing was at like 12.30. And so we they send us packing, and they call back and tell her that she can come look at it about 3 o'clock. And it had everything she wanted, everything that she'd been looking for and even more really than what she had been looking for. Um, almost every other house had something that, you know, needed to be changed before she could move in or, you know, and, and this house really needed nothing. And, and again, it was more than what she was looking for. Okay. So they did call us. Uh, we went and walked through it. And then after that, we walked out in the yard and I told the realtor uh, we were going to pray. Um, so standing under the tree in the front yard, uh, we said a very simple prayer. Um, Lord, we feel that you have led Elena to move to this area, and if this is your will, uh, please just let everything fall into place. Line it up, and you work out the details, and we'll know that this is where you want her. And if it's not, she isn't able to get this house, we'll understand that's not your will, and you'll lead and guide us, direct us to wherever you want us to go. And uh, so it might be like 3.30 around that point, I guess. And, and by 4 o'clock, we were at the real estate office. Um, getting everything drawn up to put in offer. And so we'd kind of prayed a little bit more about it in between and, and kind of just got this this thing that said, like, okay, you're not going over asking price. Like, here's what they're asking. That's what you're going to offer. And we're going to stick with that no matter what. Now, I don't know if you all know anything about the housing market right now, but nobody is getting a contract for the asking price. I mean, it's people are selling houses for crazy amounts over the asking price. Um, but this is what she, she knew was, was c comfortable and could, could take care of, and this is what was doable. And uh, didn't want anything to like come in and interfere with that. This is, she was comfortable with that. So um, offer got sent from the realtor uh, to the other realtor at about 5.01, so almost an hour right before all offers were in. And at about 7 o'clock, they called, a realtor called and said, hey, they want to know if there's any other offer you want to you want to put in. And I'm sitting over there going, no, no. Like, we said, we prayed about it. This is this is what you said you're comfortable with. We got to trust God on this one. Just just say no. And she was like, no, that's that's my offer. And at about 10 o'clock, which is pretty late, um, which the realtor knew at the time she was in Nashville and Time change is different. It was only 9 o'clock, really, what they thought they were calling her at. And um, 
they called her to let her know that that offer was accepted. But not only that, there were three offers that day, and both of the other offers were well over the asking price. That's the bigger stuff. That's the big stuff that you can take to God and you can trust Him with. And, and if that hadn't worked out, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'd be doing something different. That's okay. But that is the big stuff. A few weeks ago, I had to go unload some wood on my uncle's farm. And I was probably going a little bit faster than what I should have been on a gravel road. Um, and a deer popped up out of nowhere. And I, and I hit her with the driver's side of the truck. I'm sorry, the, the passenger side of my truck. And I've hit deer before. So, like, I'm expecting to get out and look at this. And, like, this is not going to be good. I, I know how damaging it is. And my truck sounded awful. I mean, it was, it was making a hideous racket. Um, especially if I moved the wheel, but it didn't matter if I was moving the wheel or not. It was, it was making a racket. And so we were originally, Braden and I were actually going to go up and dump this wood on the top of the mountain. And it's a pretty steep coming back off that place. And uh, he said, you're going to dump this here? And I said, well, I don't really want to, but I don't want to risk coming back off there. I don't know what's wrong with this truck. And um, so I decided not to take it to the top. We dumped it at the bottom. And uh, crazy enough, there was not a scratch on the front of my truck. Nothing. I'm like, how did I hit How did I hit this deer and it not have anything on it? She must have popped up and just got under my, my tires. Um, and I probably wouldn't even believe that I hit it if my truck didn't sound absolutely horrible. It was It was bad. Um, but as I got back in the truck, I, I, I said a little prayer out loud. I said, Lord, I can't fix this. I can't, I can't afford to fix this truck right now. I said, so if you just let it be okay, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. I know that sounds weird to maybe pray something like that out loud. Um, but I'm telling you, it 100% worked. <laughs> you know, he can tell you. Uh, it never made another sound after that. Not once. That's the little stuff. And God isn't too big to handle that stuff. You know, God wants us to be intimate with Him. If it's important to us, and, and my truck's pretty important to me. It gets me from point A to point B. You know, uh, it's not the greatest truck in the world, but it is to me. And those things are important to God too. And so we talked about earlier, I said well, I, would re- I would come back to this, but I think... The fourth thing that we really need to do, and sometimes it's pretty hard to do, is admit our mistakes. Um, we have to do this with God, obviously, um, if we're going to repent or you know turn from our behaviors. Um, but as a leader, whether at work or in your home or with your friends or those kinds of things, it, it is important to show others that you can humble yourself and admit when you're wrong. Okay, and I don't get it right all the time. I, I probably get it wrong more often than I get it right. But that's actually progress because for you know for a long time it seemed that every decision I made was terrible. I could justify anything. Anything I did I thought I could justify why, but I'm learning that you know owning my mistakes actually makes me stronger. What does God's word say about this? Um, Paul, in talking about the thorn in the flesh that was given to him, and I think it's important that we notice that Paul didn't 
Paul doesn't say, you know, put the thorn there or it was anything that he did. I, I, I think it's important that we notice that it was given to him. Okay, sometimes things that are, are in our life, uh, we don't think about it being given to us. But uh, it's some things are there for a reason. And um, I don't think we should always question that. Uh, we take it to God. But, you know, Paul says he took it to Christ three times and said, you know, Lord, uh, take this away from me. But it didn't. And I think it was this thing that... that Served a couple of purposes. This kept Paul humble. But when he asked three times for this thorn to be taken away, the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on to say, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And a little further, Paul says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. That sounds upside down, doesn't it? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, usually when we hear the word boast, we don't really think of that as being very humble. You know, if people are boastful and that kind of thing, it's not. Um, but that is the upside-down nature of the kingdom of God. Um, and I think you'll find that all through Scripture. Like I told you earlier, we're all leaders in some way. Um, you might be leading something very small, but that's where you start because it's a process. You know, God, God will start you with the small stuff uh, to make you ready for the bigger stuff. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful... In a very little thing is faithful also in much. So if we ask ourselves, who am I leading? My friends, my family, my co-workers. Or you might just be trying to lead yourself in the right direction uh, right now. And, and maybe you feel like there's, there's no, you couldn't possibly lead somebody else. You're doing a good enough job of doing it on your own. That's Okay. You've got to be learned. You got to learn to be faithful with the, the little, and more will come. Then ask yourself, "How am I doing?" I'm not doing so well at times. I fail a lot, and those that are closest to me know that I fail. I think we learn more and more as we get older that God meets us with so much grace and uh, so much love for our our failures and our mistakes. So if you feel like you're, if you're failing, uh, I encourage you to take it to him. Tell him where you think you're failing. If it feels like you're, you're taking one step forward and two steps back, you're probably not. You're probably taking two steps forward and one step back. A lot of times we don't see that. Other, it takes other people telling us that we're making progress because sometimes in, in the trials and uh, the situations that we're in, we can't see the progress. We can't feel it. It, it. We can't see it. And you know that enemy that we talked about in the beginning? He doesn't like progress. He does not like to see you progress. He does not like to see God winning in your life. 
Sometimes as leaders, uh, we have to, it becomes a heavy burden and we turn to the wrong things. We turn to the wrong things um, to feel, I heard it said, as a God-shaped hole in your heart. And we try to fill these things with a lot of things that look like God or seem like God or might make us feel better or those kinds of things. But we fill it with something that only God could possibly fill. So, I'm going to start wrapping up. And if there's something that, that you need to lay down, I encourage you to do that now. You know, if you're, if you're tired of needing a bottle to fall asleep, or if you're tired of having to take something every day uh, just to have, you know, less pain so you can make it through your work day. You know, if you're, if you're tired of not trusting that God wants the very best for you in your life, and that he loves you unconditionally, and yeah, everything you're going through doesn't feel very good right now, but you know that you should trust him for the outcome. Maybe you want to just lay that fear down. That you, you fear that God won't won't do what what needs to be done in your life. If you're feeling like empty inside because maybe you knew God once, but you uh, you feel like you turned away from it. You want to lay that down. You want to feel that closeness with your heavenly Father, your heavenly Daddy. I encourage you to feel that, uh, lay that down now. Or if you've never known Jesus and you want to lay down your life in front of him and say, I'm tired of doing it my way, I, I'd like to try it your way, you can do that right now too. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm not going to do any of that. I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, but if there's something that you need to talk about afterwards, please come to me. Um, I'll get with you and I'll get with Scotty and uh, come up with the time we can sit down and talk. I don't mind that one bit. Okay. Um, leaders, I encourage you to to hold your heads up because it gets it gets it gets tough sometimes. Um, lean on God and let Him be responsible for the outcome. Okay. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you so much again for the opportunity to serve you. Lord, we just ask that those that are here that may be carrying around something that they're tired of carrying around, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit does a work in their life and allows them to lay down any kind of guilt or shame or sadness or depression or anxiety that they may be carrying around, Lord, that you, that you took for us on the cross. God, we don't have to carry that baggage around because you took that for us. We thank you for that. God, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you keep pursuing them. Keep knocking on the door of their hearts. Put people around them that will encourage them and set examples for them and show them how your love is designed to be unconditional and never changing. Lord, we thank you for the time that you've given us here this morning. 
I thank you for showing up for me in a big, big way. God, go with us as we head out into our week. Let your word feed us until we can get back together again next week. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.